Welcome everyone, this is uh, Stephen Ridgway And this is Sean Fitzgerald And this is the Casting Net Podcast for the 16th of December 2005 And today, this is going to be our last podcast for the year Indeed, yes And uh, We promise We promise <laughs> uh, We will, uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, we'll just briefly talk about the LearnScope showcase that we went to And uh, we're going to give you some reflections on the project, how we thought sure. it went And uh then we're going to talk a bit about where to next and what we're going to do with the, this podcast. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit more about some general news, uh, various events that we've been involved in and attended. And then there's just a little bit of podcasting news, not much there, but uh, uh, we'll wrap up with a bit of that. So mainly today I think we're just going to be talking about uh, our evaluation of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, sorry, of the, the, not the podcast, the but the whole project. Scope project. Mm. So uh, let's just first go to um, the last event we attended, which was the New South Wales LearnScope Showcase. That's right. That was uh, on the 7th and 8th of November. Mm. And uh, that was over two days, and that was good. We got to meet a few other people from different LearnScope projects. Because mm. on the 7th, it was largely only the projects that were there, mm. and they were setting up their booths, and uh, they had a whole series of presentations out the front and discussions. And people seemed really keen to find out about what we were doing and learn about podcasting, especially yeah. since this is a bit of interesting uh, MP3 or podcasting news. Uh, I might throw in here that uh, the term podcasting was the word of the year according right. to Oxford the American Dictionary. Oxford Dictionary. Mm. Uh, so it was obviously a big word for the year, mm. for the year of 2005, so... Um, obviously, people are starting to hear about it and get interested in it. So we had a lot of people at that LearnScope showcase come up, and they basically wanted complete instructions on how to do it as we stood there. Yeah, no, well, um, and of course on that day, the Sydney Morning Herald had put a big piece on podcasting and uh, given all these stats about how many um, uh, demographic statistics on how many people have got uh, MP3 players, how many have got iPods, and how many are expecting to buy one in the next two months. It was it was huge. And apparently uh, ABC here um, in Australia has started podcasting, had a few downloads at the beginning of the year, and now they're going crazy with, mm. I can't remember the figures, but tens of thousands of downloads each week, I think. That's right. So it's become must very have a good service, for like mm. Well, ABC's always been very um, uh, big on new media. They've got quite a sophisticated new media department, and they've always been fairly cutting edge on new media. Mm. Well, Triple J has got a lot of podcasts too, haven't they? Mm. So a lot of it's uh, Radio National have got a lot of podcasts and Triple J have got some podcasts. And we should mention just an interesting um, factoid is that where we are here at uh, Sydney Institute of Technology is directly opposite the uh, ABC. ABC. That's right. Well, they're less than 100 metres away. Mm. But uh, no, we had lots of... We were run off our feet. I mean, we had the people coming... Yeah, Showcase, it was yeah. full on. It's good. Lot, lots of people interested. So a lot of private RTOs too. I had coming up wanting to know how to do it, what to do. Mm. Yeah, um, I think it's see, it's a sort of catchphrase. It's sexy. It's like we want to be able to do this. Mm. And there's certainly certainly something to be said there for for the need to really um, be able to promote more what we're doing to let other people know because we've. Uh, We've got a lot of good resources there that we've developed and it would be great if other people can access it. So we did on the day, as much as possible, direct people to the Edna Group mm. so they could follow up on, on some of the resources that we've developed. 
Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, no, it was good, and uh, we uh, had a big day on the 8th, of course, where the public the public uh, could come, or people from, well, anyone, I think, anyone from RTOs or TAFE or community colleges, they could all come along and have a look at what all those projects were doing. All other team guys, members. Other team members, yeah. Mm. So uh, that was great. Um, of course, they also had a bit of a presentation about uh, LearnScape for 2006, which is going to happen. So bear in mind for all those people who are interested in putting in a LearnScope that uh, beginning of the year, you'll need to really start to think about what you want to what you want to do. Hmm. And we might be thinking of putting in another one, but we'll might, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so. In terms of our project, what did you think, Steph? How did you think it went this year? Well, I'm, personally, I can say I learned a tremendous amount. I've had, it's been a great learning curve for me. In some ways, I probably got as much out of the project as um, any of the um, team members could have. Um, I didn't know a great deal about podcasting before I came to the project, so um, it's been a real learning curve, and uh, it's testament to LearnScope that, if you know, like I'm in a... A full-time job as an e-learning coordinator. It's my business to know about these things, but sometimes you just don't get time. You're mm. just so flat out doing what you've got to do that uh, you don't get time to um, to go out and learn about the new, innovative, cutting-edge things that are sort of cropping up all over the place. So, yeah, it's been fantastic for me. Well, I'd certainly learnt. I mean, I knew a lot of the knew a lot of it from a theoretical perspective before when I'd put the proposal in, when I'd sort of developed the proposal at the beginning of the year. But the year allowed me to, or the project itself allowed me to get some hands-on experience. And mm-hmm. certainly, uh, the big challenge for me is actually doing a podcast. It's quite a uh, confronting thing, learning to to speak in a way that you know is going to be recorded. Yeah, be publicly broadcast. Yeah, exactly. And and I guess one of the things that you learn also is that it's probably not quite as easy as it sounds in many ways. I mean, we no. certainly promote it as an easy um, way that individuals, teachers and, and their students can uh, create sort of their own radio-style programs. And, and it certainly does uh, lower the entry level compared to sort of mainstream broadcasting. But there's a bit of fiddling around. We've had quite a bit of difficulty with audio uh, quality and issues yes, like that and so there are things that you have to learn technical things you have to learn on how to uh, how to use the hardware and how to record and how to you know yeah, issues of um, uh, like sampling and uh, compression rate so those issues need to be sort of learnt as well so that's mm-hmm. that's what I learnt this year yeah, I mean, I, I think overall, I mean, it, <clears throat> at the beginning of the project uh, was a bit of a slow start to getting people to mm. the workshops, and I think this is probably the biggest challenge we faced in the uh, project was finding an appropriate time and venue to get the most amount of people, and there was, wasn't was a lack of interest in podcasting per se, uh, but just that coordination role, the challenge of getting everyone, you know, into a face-to-face place at the same time. And that was the biggest challenge for me was the amount of time that we spent on administration and coordinating and just trying to organise people and find a time when people could get together. As a result, we actually didn't get to the podcasting bit till fairly late in the year. And so it'll be a while, I think, before we start to see people really put it into practice. But my experience in a previous uh, LearnScout project with blogging was that uh, it wasn't really till the following year, in this case this year, that you started seeing teachers put the new skills into practice and see real, real fruits of their learning. Yeah. Well, we've had uh, probably um, th- 
three or so um, members of the team have gone on to produce their own podcasts in in actually teaching situations. They're actually using them with the students. Mm. And uh, we'll certainly carry on promoting podcasting as a um, as a strategy for teaching in 2006 within within the institute. Mm. So yeah. So hopefully there'll be some uh, some capacity there for providing ongoing professional development support. Mm. I think one of the good things about the project is that we, we, we sought to actually demonstrate the value of podcasting as well by, by doing one ourselves, obviously. Mm. And um, also, I mean, I was, you know, going out and podcasting conferences, events and things that we went to. Uh, and, you know, that was all about using podcasting to uh, get the share the knowledge, share the learning, get it out uh, outside the boundaries of the face-to-face, uh, you know, context. And that was very successful. I think mm. the several of the conferences that you recorded were very appreciative and grateful mm. and excited about the possibility to, to publish the... Uh, of the outcomes of their their conference to the world. Absolutely. And uh, in a way, there's that American podcast, of course, what's it called? Um, um, The one that actually just... IT... IT IT Conversations. IT Conversations, and that's just basically uh, conferences. Mm. I heard the other day when I was listening to one of their sessions, um, they actually... uh, You can pay them to come and uh, podcast their conference. But if you don't pay them, they may turn up anyway, mm. and in which case they can just release the uh, conference material ad hoc. Like it might, they might take six months to release it, or they may not release at all. Mm. But if you pay them, you can be guaranteed that they'll release it all. So that's an interesting model. But their view is that there's all this wonderful material going on all the time, it just gets lost. So uh, you know, try to help to redistribute it. And that was mainly, and IT conversations is mainly IT focused, uh, IT conference focused. Uh, although the guy that's running that, he did have a plan. I don't know what happened to it to actually um, um, to podcast a whole range of conferences, not just IT related no, ones. That's right. So interesting to see how that develops. Hmm. So yes, other other successes uh, you were talking before. About uh, I was talking to you before this podcast about um, the number of teachers that have gone out and, and purchased their own MP3 That's players. Right. Yeah, well, we said we should have got a commission on the on commission the, on the on players. The That's yeah. right. I think we de- we depleted the uh, reserves. That's for sure. So just about. So how many teachers do you think went <coughs> out and, and bought their own iRivers? Well, um, if you include other institutes and people that actually weren't in the project, because there's a number of people who we recommended them to that weren't even didn't mm. even attend sessions, so that'd be a good ten, I would think. Oh, at least ten. ten I would yeah. say at least ten easily. Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe more than that. So yeah, it was good. Good to see that happen. Obviously. Well, we, we purchased uh, ten for the project, and um, I mean, basically all, all bar two are, have been all returned mm. because people have gone out and bought their own ones. So uh, so that, that I mean that's good. Particularly, f- it means that teachers were genuinely keen to 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 implement because they wouldn't they wouldn't go out and buy something like that if they weren't. Mm. And actually, p- uh, Peter Smith, one of the um, people on the project, the other that rang me up yesterday, and she's going to um, purchase a whole lot for her uh, disability students. Great. Um, so that's good. She's put in an application uh, yesterday. Mm. Any other uh, any other thoughts on the project? Well, it certainly uh, was a lot of work and uh, very busy uh, for us, uh, certainly for you. You put an enormous amount of work in. Um, and you did too, Steph. Well, the editing group too, that was that was quite a lot of work. 
Mm. Um, just maintaining the online presence. Um, but, yeah, I actually think it was good that, you know, it, it, it did uh, raise a lot of people's awareness to podcasting. And I, I know a lot of people sort of come up and said, oh, well, that looks, that looks really easy. Mm. You know, maybe we can do that. And, that, and that's a good thing. You sort of realise that actually it's not not um, rocket science. It's actually pretty straightforward technology. And, it's, and we always had the focus that we had to make it um, very easy for teachers. That ha- you had, didn't have, you didn't want to be complicated. It was just something you could use. We, you know, do the recording, maybe some editing with Audacity, and publish it. And it's actually a pretty straightforward process. And one of the the highlights for me was seeing. Um, the excitement on the teachers' faces when they were learning how to use Audacity and they saw how easy it mm. was to record. They didn't realise it was that easy to record audio and you could see them get quite excited about the potentials for being able to create audio materials with simple free software like Audacity. That's a testament to how easy Audacity is to use too. Mm. It's, it's a grand little app and uh, I don't think we had anyone who was um, turned off or intimidated by Audacity. That was a real success, I think, an unexpected success in the project. I thought people might go, whoa, that's a bit, it's a bit heavy duty. Hmm. Well, we've mentioned some of the, the challenges. Any other challenges you can think of? But, uh, well, there was this, yeah, the server space issue is always yes. a challenge, and but we managed to provide a interim measure towards that. I mean, Sydney Institute staff can now upload files to a server. We'll streamline that and perfect it so it's a little bit um, more um, straightforward. And certainly uh, we recommended people that didn't have access to that server could use our media. That's right, and people, a couple of the teachers are using that. Because that provides free uh, hosting space and Mm. free uh, bandwidth, which is good. Yeah, well, I mean, do you think the technology moved on when we're... during the project, I mean, well, I mean, it was like the video. Yeah, that's the only thing that mm. I could think of. That, um, as I mentioned in a couple of podcasts ago, uh, Apple brought out the uh, the video iPod, and I had suspected that the next big thing in this area was going to be video casting. I didn't mm. think it was going to be for a while, but with Apple bringing out the video iPod combined with um, the iTunes Store providing or selling um, videos, music videos, cartoons, uh, short animations, um, even TV shows, by providing that sort of framework, what it means is that uh, is I think video casting is going to become a lot popular a lot more faster than I thought, and certainly within the educational context, um, we will see it makes sense for, for people to start mm. making little instructional videos in, in many areas. Yeah, yeah. well, of course, I think uh, during the project, of course, Apple made podcasting available to the um, to uh, iTunes. So that was a big thing. Well, that, yes, of and course. And that happened during the, uh, during the project. And that made a big difference because it mm. brought podcasting into the mainstream. Mm. So. And it's also worth mentioning, I'm just thinking there in terms of uh, how you know, videos will be very popular, I think, with uh, teachers' video instructional material there will still be a place for audio in certain subjects and that brings me back to the issue that um, a lot of our teachers were uh, teachers who were literacy teachers or working with um, 
know, teaching English to speakers of other That's languages, right. for example. And it makes sense that mm. yeah, they're audio-oriented um, subjects, so that they're going to be quite attracted to, to using audio as a as a teaching material. Mm. Yeah. So. <laughs> One of the big questions is where to next for next year for 2006. Well, yeah, I think I mean I think we both would like to keep casting it going, in one form or another. In some some form, yes. Yeah, we might broaden its horizons a little. So we might, uh, you know, Sean and I might talk about, or we might invite others to talk. We're thinking along something like the EdTech um, podcast. Yeah. So you're talking about the actual podcast, and yeah, we've also got to give some thought to. The project, where to next in terms of the project? In terms of uh, another project. Yes, well, like, we yeah, might be... Uh, putting in another project. Putting in yeah. another pro- project proposal, because I think as video casting is mm. is expanding, it would be interesting to maybe expand into um, looking at using RSS to distribute a range of media, not just audio, right. which is podcasting, um, video, which I think is going to be, you know, the next big thing in many ways. But we can look at digital stories. We've got a whole digital storytelling network that uh, we can tap into there, where they've developed a lot of content, which we can teach them how to uh, broadcast or publish or uh, distribute, depending Absolutely. on the language. Um, and even something I'd like to explore a bit more is just um, using RSS to broadcast other types of files, like even PDF files and PowerPoint files and Word documents and uh, screencasts. So there's a whole range of uh, rich multimedia files which can be distributed using this technology and as portable media players become capable of playing a whole range of different uh, formats, uh, I think we will see more and more the RSS being used to distribute Mm -hmm. those different formats. So in terms of another project, that's something that we will think about and and explore next year. And and in terms of the the actual uh, podcast itself, as you were saying, uh, we do want it to continue in some format, um, whether it will be associated with that a new LearnScope project or whether we just uh, open it up and turn it into a, just a general education technology podcast. Uh, we're yet to work out, but we, you know, we're going to have a bit of a break. It's end of the yeah, year. I'm quite from this one. Yeah, I'm quite exhausted, and, and I think you are too, Steph. So. Um, you know, we'll see how we go and have a discussion mm. next year and see what funding's available and and take it from there. Yeah, I think the uh, yeah we certainly won't be we won't be pulling the um, the podcast. Uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll just move it to a different level or yeah. broaden its horizons or change its form. We'll so have yeah. a break for now, but, but the uh, actual probably because uh, at the moment yours and my podcast has been very much focused on the project we've been very restrained about what we talk about which yes. even though we would have loved to uh, talk about all sorts of things that are happening in things, yeah. the technology world as it pertains to education in particular but uh, I, i've thought that it was very important to try and stay focused on on the project, on the project yeah. so you've got a focused audience who knows what they're going to get um, yes but we'll we'll see so Seems a bit odd now to, to sort of step back, but I just want to talk a little bit about some general news. Um, I've got there, I've got on the notes here, cool talk back. Now, we mentioned in the last podcast, we had a bit of difficulty getting the last podcast out. Uh, we were quite busy and it, it went out a week after we, um, we actually recorded it. And as mm-hmm. a result, some of the, the things that we mentioned on it were a bit out of date. And one of those was, uh, we mentioned, uh, the cool talk back, which is the project I'm doing with Lee Blackhole or was doing with Lee Blackhole, where we were um, 
on behalf of the Australian Flexible Learning Framework where we were uh, responding to people's questions and then creating sort of an audio podcast uh, in response to those questions. It was a bit of a trial. It was a bit of an experiment. We'd done two sessions. Uh, we were planning to do a third one. Um, I thought we were going to do a third one, but as it worked out, they were quite happy for us to to finish where we'd where we'd gotten to, and so we sort of basically finished that project, and and so there's not much point in going and visiting that because uh, we're not answering any more questions. It's finished for the year, and, and we're going to take the lessons from that, and uh, and next year we might start up something else. Uh, so they're very interested in setting up some ongoing um, audio type show where mm-hmm. they where people can get their questions answered and, and I might talk to them a bit about how we can make that maybe even more live because there are, there are certain uh, models we can use. There's one particular uh, podcast I listen to from time to time called EdTech Talk and they actually mm. have a live version, a streaming live version, which they podcast as well. So um, so they have a real... They record basically a real-time discussion, so there's chat and... They have a real-time discussion using Skype, uh, several people in a Skype conference. They also have a chat room, a text chat room going on at the same time. And what they do is they stream uh, the recording, the audio, so people who are in the chat room can actually listen to the audio um, live and then they can respond in the text chat room. Mm. And then what they do is people who are in the audio conference and the Skype audio conference, someone will drop out mm. because Skype can only handle about four people in a conference at a time. And then they will invite someone in from the text chat to mm. join the audio Skype. So people are dropping in and out all the time um, to the actual uh, voice chat, but they're all hanging in there listening to the streaming, which is being streamed over the web uh, while they're contributing via text chat. So You could sort of do a similar thing with uh, Illuminate, couldn't you? With yeah. Illuminate, possibly, yes. Because yeah, you could have people talking as well as people... Well, they can only have uh, one, one person, person talking, talking at a time, so you don't get that same sense of conversation. No. So, yeah, that's, that's quite an interesting model, and I think we're going to see more and more of that. So mm. it's a combination live and podcast, and uh, that's something I'd like to talk to the AFLF about next year and see if, if I can get them interested in that. But uh, And... So the other project that uh, Steph and I have been interested uh, involved in just recently was our trip to the, the North Coast. That's right. Once again, that was for the uh, Australian Flexible Learning Framework, and they got us to go to... Uh, uh, we went to Wollongbar, which is on the North Coast near Ballina, and uh, also Port Macquarie. We did two half-day workshops, and that was quite an enjoyable experience, and the TAFE teachers and some... Uh, some community college teachers came along to that, and I think they were quite thrilled. We talked about social software, a range of social software, and it was a pretty uh, broad, pretty broad uh, basis. For introduced the them to blogs and wikis and podcasting and a whole range of technology, and they seemed to very enthusiastic. I must say, the people up there, yeah, very well, keen. A lot of them, and many of them were involved in IT, but they just didn't have the time to learn about these mm. new tools. So I think they appreciated the the. Uh, the uh, capacity or the, the, the opportunity to um, attend a workshop and have it all sort mm. of introduced to them in one hit. Well, that's right. Yeah. Um, they got to edit a wiki as part of that process. And set up and a blog, blog and yeah. engage in a whole range of things. So Steph and I are working on plans to try and get a bit more of that next year, see if we can travel around a bit more and uh, introduce some of these tools to the rest of the world. Hmm. Yeah, well, of course, there's a wiki associated with that um, 
with that and you can have a look at some of the pictures that we took on the on the journey and some of the uh, sessions and uh, some of the scenery that we uh, that we saw up there it's a very beautiful spot the north coast now the uh, and the the address for that is aflf north coast 2005.wikispaces.com mm. and as usual we'll put all the links that we've mentioned in the the show up on the the blog mm. and as an aside there of course uh, wikispaces just has a little update hasn't it a bit of a sort of freshen up with its technology. New, uh, a new visual editor mm. which makes it easier for people to upload images, which I think is going to make it a lot easier to introduce to students and um, and teachers as well. Yeah. And also um, now we can load up not just image files but any range of files, which is really going to be great because it means we can set up a page for a student's e-portfolio and they can actually upload yeah. their uh, documents, PDFs, documents whatever, yeah. and. PowerPoint slides in any form mm. of document and use it as a bit of an e-portfolio. So that's that's quite it's exciting. It's a great means to be able to create online resources. Mm. It is so, uh, and a lot easier to use than say having to create a web page with, a, you know, with Dreamweaver or front page well, or that's, something. Well, that's the magic of a wiki is you mm. can very and quickly create a web page and anyone can edit it. it. Yep, mm. you don't have to learn how to do a web design or HTML or. Um, load Which caused us a little bit of consternation. We found a little, look, new few new things about wikis, didn't we? That if when you create a new page, you have to have an account to be able to edit it. Mm. So, but anyway, that's an aside. So um, the only other news that uh, we thought worth mentioning was, uh, well, it's, it's it's proto news. It hasn't really we haven't. Um, really found out for sure what the story is here but uh, Phil Lantry gave us this insight into this Phil Lantry from yeah. the uh, Centre for Learning and Innovation no That's was right. it Phil Lantry who told us about the oh, anyway so someone at the LearnScope um, um, showcase told us about an MP3 player from Dick Smith's which is claimed to uh, take an external microphone and we've had a lot of trouble this year after doing all that research with iRivers trying to find um, a substitute yeah. to try and find a substitute and so um, we haven't yet chased that up we've been given a few dead ends in the past with people mm. saying they've found an alternative or a substitute and we've we've followed that up and found out that's not the case so We'll put a link up there on the blog to this new MP3 player from Dick Smith, which is called the DSE Rumba 2500, 512 megabyte MP3 player, and uh, and we'll we'll let you know how that goes. Yes, we need to go out. We'll probably yeah, go on holidays, go to Dick Smith with a microphone and check it out, see if it works. Mm. Um, they've got a cool lapel mic there, which I did play with down a Wendy. Um, What's her last name? Wendy. Wendy Zammett. Oh, sorry, no, Wendy. <coughs> from up the north coast. Wendy Tanner. From Wendy the north Tanner. Coast. Yeah, she she bought a uh, Dick Smith lapel mic, and it's a, little a powered one. Little yes. powered one. It's got a little battery and uh, use. Um, and I tried that on my uh, Eye River, and it wouldn't work in line out line in mode, but it certainly worked beautifully in mic in. Mm. It's only mono though. Which is not a major drama. No, because most of the time when you're using a lapel mic with uh, with an iRiver or with a, a, an MP3 player, um, you're using it to create to, to record lessons, and, and mm. you know, mono's fine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, mostly the ones we've been using, the lapel mics are stereo, and I basically set the iRiver to mono when I record exactly. it. So, But uh, it's a nice little unit, uh, $45, that's good value. And because the lapel mic we were looking at was a sort of, ex- it was like a spare part Sony. The Sony yeah. stereo spare part one, non-powered, yeah. um, but quite good quality. 
Yeah, so. no, it was a good little mark. So that's worth checking out if you wanted to buy a lapel mark for mm. your for your um, uh, MP3 player. But remember, uh, if your MP3 player doesn't support microphone levels in, it won't work. Uh, if it's only line in, if it's only intended to record from, line. say, a CD player, it won't work because the signal strength won't be strong enough. That's right, yeah. All the battery is being used for in these little mics is to power the microphone, not not, not to the, boost the signal. Not to boost the signal. You would if, you have, if you're using uh, an MP3 player with line in but it doesn't have mic in, you need to use a preamp, mm. which, which sits between the microphone and the MP3 player and boosts the signal. Yeah, as well as provides power to the mic as well. As well as provides yeah. power to the mic, yes. So, yeah... But uh, who knows? Next year something may come out. Uh, there's lots of all sorts of weird well, the technology does happening. change so fast. Mm. You know, you sort of teach people how to use one tool, and mm. then a couple of months later, the, the tools changed, and another well, tool's a, a better option. Alex Hayes reckons that N series, um, uh, the N series Nokia's, will take a microphone. I look at them last night actually. They look quite exciting. Yes, uh, you know, I think um, mobile devices like mobile phones are really going to start coming into their own in the next mm. few years. in terms of everything, what you know. Uh, mobile internet and podcasting and, and you name mm. it and uh, and uh, certainly one of the N series um, cameras has got a three megapixel camera on yeah, it. Yeah, some amazing. of them are quite sophisticated. Mm. The convergence is quite amazing. You're going to get these really quite fancy devices which have a lot of really good quality components in yeah, them. So it'll be interesting. Flash to see. for the camera. Flash oh, for the yeah, camera. It's yeah, full on. Um, some of them have uh, Wi-Fi connections, so That's you can true. actually connect mm. to wireless hotspots. So that's going to be an exciting area to look oh, at. And you'll be able to flicky your pickies too. Up to Flickr, yep. and on wireless, it'd be great. Yep. But uh, or even you know they're all they're all three G phones, so you could probably email them as well. So they uh, they're great. So maybe that's something we can uh, look at for next uh, next year too. Playing with these sorts of interacting with mobile technologies. Mm. Yes, it's an, I think that's going to be a big area, something worth looking at. Anyway, we're coming up to uh, half an hour, so we might leave it there. So, as we said, the, uh, this actual um, podcast will have a, we'll take a break over the holiday period, uh, but we will certainly start in some format next year. So, stay subscribed if you're stay subscribed. Stay subscribed, that's right. Don't delete it from your subscription. Do not just touch yet. that dial. We'll have to try and get the subscription a bit wider too. Well, you know, well, we, we never really subscribed to any of the major directories. Well, we never promoted it through the major no. directories, and, and and I think you know that's got to do with the fact that um, you know as we evolve it into something that we both feel really comfortable about, that's mm. broad enough. Um, I don't it's going to have re- a life longer than the project yeah. too. Then, then I think it's worthwhile um, promoting it because you really do with a podcast. You really need to, to promote it very widely just to pick up even a few That's subscriptions. Right. But it will then have to change its tone because at this stage it's really a project-specific cast. Yeah. It's a bit like a newsletter where we talk about you know news specifically ra- related to the project, and that won't be of interest to the broader community. So um, you know we have to look at that issue of or well, do we. Mm-hmm. Keep it something related to a new LearnScope project, and/or do we go out and make another one which might be a bit broader that talks mm. about a range of topics? Well, we'd certainly like to thank those people that have listened to us regularly. We, we, there, I mean, there may be some out there. There are a few out there. there I don't think there, there are many, but uh, <laughs> it's been really an experiment, and it hasn't bothered me that much that we haven't had heaps of listeners. But no. we've, we've had the occasional one who's listened and and paid attention. It's just really been a good learning experience, I think, mm. and certainly um, what I've learnt this year from doing a podcast, I'll then take into 
another one if I was to set another one up and mm. and take those lessons with me and, and, and do things a little bit differently. So it's been a good learning experience. Okay. Whether or not people have listened, who cares? Well, that's right. <laughs> we, may, we may have some listeners we don't know about. So, But um, no, it's, it's actually been very enjoyable for me and I've actually decided I really like podcasting. I, I, I like... Being a podcaster as well, as it were, as opposed to just listening to them. Yes, you've mm. become the podcasting king. You've recorded everything you get your hands That's on, right. as well as <laughs> you know, engaged in these actual project podcasts. So, um, lots of interesting uh, avenues to explore next year, I think. Mm. So, if people want, just in case people want more information, if anyone's got this audio file but they don't know where they've got it from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it can happen sometimes. Um, you can get to the podcast at castingthenetpodcast.blogspot.com. We've also got a blog at castingthenetblog.blogspot.com. And the Edna Group the, uh, that we've set up for the actual Casting in the Net project, uh, you can get to via snipurl.com slash castingthenet. And uh, all these will be on the uh, blog as usual. So... Mm. I think that's about it for today. Well, just one last thing. I'd like one to thank thing. all of the team members as well, all well, the people that point. came along to the workshops. Yes. I mean, they have been such an enthusiastic crowd. Too. They have I mean, been. They really have. It's been fantastic. And, you know. and we should mention, um, before we go also, that in terms of the evaluations and the reflections, you have recorded a whole bunch of the team members. That's right. Their reflections and evaluations, and they um, will be podcasts at some stage as well when, when Absolutely, we get around yeah, we'll, we'll stitch okay. those together. Um, and actually, um, there's a video that um, Rob and Jay took of us too, so that's a reflection as well. well. I guess that'll turn up somewhere. We'll put a link to it if we get yeah. a chance. But uh, yeah, I'd just like to thank uh, everyone that came along because... Uh, in many ways, they they made the success of the project too. So uh, it's yes, great. thank you, thanks yeah. thanks guys for coming along, and thank you to those people who've enthusiastically mm. run with it and uh, and thanks podcasts. to Learnscope. I mean, and, uh, of and the framework who have been tremendously supportive of the project, and uh, that's that's been great. Thanks to Learnscope. Um, whom without which we would not have been able no, to... Uh, our patrons. Our patrons, <laughs> yes, right. and the AFLF. So thank you. So thank you to everybody. Mm. So have a good holiday, everybody. Yep. Um, enjoy yourself. And uh, so it's goodbye from me. Until next time. Indeed, and goodbye from me.